Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're here. If you're tuning in live, we're coming uh, to you remote this morning uh, from Chuck McBride's patio. Four or five of us are gathered here uh, to give. It is ranch. That's right. It is ranch. It is ranch and tens more. He's got a small parcel of land carved out of the thousands of acres. Guys, we are uh, excited that you're here. Had a deer camp this past weekend. As Phil likes to say, best ever. Uh, I, I would say it was the best ever. Uh, it was a leadership men's alumni uh, deer camp. And, uh, you know, I'm reminded that, uh, as Paul writes in Romans of the double-minded man, that I am the double-minded man. Despite what I may try and despite my intentions, uh, I, I still fall short. And listening this morning coming in, uh, God's grace is renewed every day. And I am certainly thankful for that. Guys, we've got a fish camp coming up. Deer season's closed. It ended. Uh, it, it ended this past weekend. Uh, so it is fishing season. So we've got a fish camp coming up. Be on the lookout for it. Passionate partnering weekend, uh, February 14th. That weekend, if you don't have anything for your wife or you're not sure what she might want, uh, that might be something you may want to start with. That would be a good place to go. Uh, guys, I want to also remind you about uh, upcoming Tim Atkinson's uh, funeral and celebration of life. Uh, Denise picked up his ashes, I think, yesterday, and uh, she still mourns the loss of Tim, our brother, just as many of us do. Uh, we've, we've got a group of guys working on putting together a bus to make a trip up to, uh, to his service in March. Uh, just please be aware of that. March 13th, yes. If you're, if you're interested in going, uh, reach out, let us know. Uh, we'll have more information coming about a, a bus of some sort going up like we did uh, a couple of years ago. When we went up and had an evening with him on his patio. Guys, I'm glad you're here. Uh, we continue the series in Joshua. Uh, Phil leads us again this morning. Let me open this with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here at Chuck's house. Thank you for his hospitality. Lord, I thank you so much for my brothers, Jeff and Jeff and Chris, and the way they prepare each week for this opportunity for us to share your word among men, those that are live with us and those that will watch later in the recording. I thank you so much for Phil and his preparedness each day. Lord, more than anything else, we thank you for what you did in your business on the cross, reconciling us with God the Father. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, welcome to Thursday morning at Men's Roundtable. Um, again, I appreciate Joe's mentioning our uh, best ever um, men's coaching weekend, uh, leadership slash alumni, uh, weekend. And, um, it was a great weekend at, uh, Ebenezer place. Um, God breathed on us and it was just, um, an incredible weekend. And of course, you know, this time of year in Mississippi, you don't know if you're going to have an ice storm or you're going to be in flip-flops. So we weren't quite in flip-flops, but we had a virtual heat wave, uh, of a weekend, uh, weather-wise. So it, it was a great weekend. So, uh, just, Glad I get to do this with you. 
Glad we're here this morning. This morning, I, um, I want to offer you a song. Um, now, I've, uh, w- we have worked with this song in the past, but um, uh, this is kind of the last morning um, that we're going to work with this I- idea of identity. So Joshua, take the land, be the man, identity, the experience of joy. I wanted to do one more session on identity um, because this idea of knowing who we are and who we define ourselves as being um, is critical to the experience of joy. We experience joy relative to who we believe ourselves to be rather than what we do. And I'm going to try to hammer that point home um, through our time together this morning. So in our playlist, and Jeff's got our playlist, um, what are we calling it, Jeff? Manhood? Um, Be the man. On Spotify, so you can look that up. We're including all the songs, of course, we've been playing. I've been, uh, I've been wanting to just do country songs, secular songs uh, that that illustrate the idea of man searching for meaning and trying to get his life together. Everybody's in a search uh, for something better. But I wanted to come back to uh, the casting crowns and um, and do a Christian song. Um, um, this morning and, um, who am I, who am I, uh, nails this idea of identity. Let me read just a portion to you. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever wondering heart? Not because of who I am, not because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I'm a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind. Still you hear me when I'm calling, Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you told me who I am, I am yours, I am yours. May you hear the voice of God, and may you open our hearts to what he has for us this morning. You are forgiven once again. Because of what I've done, but because. 
but because of what you've done not because of what i've done but because of who words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It is great, again, uh, to be on the patio, and we've got about uh, eight or nine of us uh, out here. So um, oh, I, uh, I wish you who are tuning in uh, could be here with us, and we we're all uh, together. But uh, we look forward to that day soon. Yeah. Let's continue with our uh, journey into the promised land. Joshua, take the land, be the man. Follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph. The book of Joshua is the book of conquest. The battlefield is Canaan, and it is where God keeps his promise that he made with Abraham. In this study, we will use the land possessed by Joshua and the people of Israel as a metaphor to understand how we take possession of what it means to be a Christian man. We will examine 10 issues that men face every day each day is a battle to be faced with courage, strength, and faith. You must be courageous, will you? So this morning, as I said earlier, we continue with um, uh, the first issue of the 10 that we've been uh, looking at, uh, identity. Um, who are you? Uh, who am I? And this idea of identity ties in to the experience um, of joy. You cannot experience true joy unless you know who you are. You can be happy uh, and have the experience of happiness, but the difference between joy and happiness is connection. You can only truly be joyful 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so forth, fruit of the Spirit, by being in an attachment, communion with God relationship. That's the difference in joy and happiness. It's relationship. So pick up your pen. Let's go to work. I've got three questions that, that I want you to journal and work with me on. Question number one, what are your greatest resources for today? Think about that for a minute. You're facing the day, hopefully with um, courage and faith and strength that we're called to in Joshua. What would you say are your greatest resources? Now, one of the great resources that I'm celebrating right now is my new leather vest. I got this on eBay. I was just telling the guys of my journey on eBay. And so this is a resource that right now uh, to stay warm, but it's not my greatest resource. What is, what are your resources that you're going to draw from today? More than a leather vest. My greatest resources are what I'm looking at right now in front of me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and I make nine. There's nine of us on the patio. These are my resources. Um, I am reminded when uh, the, there was a knock on the door and Jesus was teaching the disciples and they said, Jesus, there's a knock on the door and it's your mother and your brothers. And Jesus looked at his disciples and he says, this is my mother and my brothers. This is my mother. He wasn't being disrespectful to mama. Uh, he didn't dislove his brothers, but he was making the point uh, that his commitment and his connection to his followers was at the heart of everything that he does. Guys, if you're approaching today or any day uh, without relationships, guys on your speed dial, that you can call if you get in a, in a tough spot, then you are approaching the day, uh, the day in a deficit position already. Your greatest resource are always the relationships that you can identify. Your identity uh, is so anchored in relationships. Greatest resource, your friends, uh, your family, uh, those that love you and that you love. So question number two, what is your level of joy? What is your level of joy? Man, I'm telling you, I, I, I talk to people all the, t all the time right now that, you know, the world that we live in is, is full of anxious people and separated people and polarized people and agitated people and angry people. And it's no. All that chaos is going on, but I don't have to be a part of that chaos. Um, I want my joy to be full. And that is relative to, once again, the connection that I have. Now, I want to take a minute um, and just develop this idea of joy and even how God has set up our brain. So this is a little bit of a teaching piece before we get into our teaching piece. Um, 
you know, I finished my counseling degree, uh, it's hard to believe, uh, 26 years ago. It's been almost 30 years, 25 plus years I finished my counseling degree. And, um, you know, the, 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 the biggest new piece um, of research and data um, in, in the counseling field since I finished my counseling degree is all the brain research, uh, neuroscience, and understanding how the brain works is just an incredible, uh, 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 relevant piece of information that um, was um, a lot unknown when I went through my counseling degree only 26 years ago. And one of the things about the way God has made the brain that we're finding out is that what makes us unique from other animals is the prefrontal cortex of our brain. And it's the upper brain. And in the prefrontal cortex is the right brain and the left brain. Most everybody's heard of right brain and, and left brain. The right side is our creative side where we uniquely see ourselves as an individual. It is here that we feel we are our own person with special traits and gifts that reflect who we are. So our identity is anchored in our right brain. Our left brain is where we're free to execute our free will and, and do things beyond animalistic survival. We have choice. So our left brain we choose. It's it's how I'm gonna get back to my car in a few minutes. I I remember where my car is in my left brain. But it's my right brain when it's fully developed that anchors me in my identity. And, and God wants us uh, fully in touch with who we are before we go do. That's why that's important. Now, get that. Our right brain is anchors our uh, identity. And so it's where we feel. And so if we are not anchored well in our right brain and the feeling about who we are um, is not good, then what we are doing out of our left brain will be some, so, some sort of um, inappropriate, misaligned attempt to identify who we are. If you identify by what you do rather than who you are, that uh, your identity uh, anchored in, in being rather than doing, um, it's critical. To be is to be well. To do is to set yourself up for failure and anxiety. You can't do enough to somehow get yourself loved. Have you, have you ever been with somebody that it just felt like that no matter what you do, it wasn't enough? Like, trying to pour love into a bucket with a hole in it. You just couldn't fill it up fast enough. There's, there's a lot of performance, duty, obligation wrapped up in that. That's left brain rather than right brain. See, it is the right side of our brain that communes with God. It is in our right brain that we experience joy, which is different from emotions like happiness and exhilaration. Joy is a fruit of being in communion with God through the Holy Spirit. Again, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, love, joy, peace, patience, and so forth, fruit of the Spirit. Joy isn't based on circumstances outside of us. It's simply found in His presence. When I'm anchored 
in a intimate relationship and connection with God, I begin to experience joy in the midst of crazy circumstances. I can experience joy in the midst of circumstances, but it is my right brain that is activated by music, beauty, writing, journaling, those sorts of things. That's why we keep talking about listen to music. That's why I start our time. I mean, some some of you content hungry guys are probably like, I don't know why Phil keeps playing these crazy songs. It's a waste of time. Let's get into the meat. Well, the reason I love music is because it really awakens our heart and gets that right brain of yours and instead of that lame brain part of you uh, leading. It's like some of you guys are like NASCAR race drivers. You know, you go left all the time. You're just going around left. It's like, come on now. Come on now. Let's get some music going. Let's journal. Let's look at the sunrise. Let's see the beauty. Because it is in our right brain that we are anchored to God. David, King David, had sweet communion with God that resulted in joy because he, man, he was a right brain kind of guy. This idea of communion with God in, in psychobabble uh, counseling language, we call it attachment. Brain research shows that we must have joy for healthy brain development and that joy is defined relationally as someone who is glad to be with me. I mean, at deer camp, we work really hard to make everybody in the circle feel welcomed. I mean, you that, 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 have, that have been there, I mean, I, you know, if I say welcome once, I say welcome 500 times in a weekend. I'm not trying to be redundant. I am trying to be genuine. And I, and I feel that welcome. I'm so glad you're here. So honored that you would come and sit in the circle with us. I, I want to see a sparkle in your eye when I walk into your presence. And in, 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 in maybe better yet, I want you to see a sparkle in my eye when you walk into my presence. When you walk into Ebenezer Place, man, we are excited that you're here. That is the way that a baby experiences identity or develops identity. They look into mama's eyes, unless mama's just completely whacked out and crazy. But if mama's reasonably healthy, then the baby looks into mama's eyes the baby sees a sparkle and they develop their identity from the connection to mama. And that never changes for the rest of our life. Joy is anchored in relationship. Don't ever forget that. So who we see ourselves to be, our identity is, is relative to the experience of joy. Um, if you're isolated, you don't have a chance of joy. I mean, you know, you know, I might eat a cheese pizza and drink a beer or something and feel happy, feel full, but you're not going to experience joy. The experience of joy. So third question, have you declared your identity today? Have you declared your identity today? Last week, we kind of worked with that. We'll work with it more today. But I, but I think part of our 
initial putting our feet on the floor, um, beginning the day is to declare who we are. Who am I? Who do you belong to? Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to be connected to? And that and, and that's getting our right brain connected to God before that left brain starts activating and it kicks our monkey brain in. And now it's like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to, and I'm the hamster on the wheel because that left brain is driving the bus. Dude, you got to get the right brain moving. And the music, the beauty, the journaling, who am I? Who am I? So, uh, man, I feel like we need to just close in prayer and go home after that. Holy cow. Slow down here. All right. Uh, Joshua. I love this. So, um, our study. Joshua, take the land, be the man. So, turn over with me, and uh, let's read our marching orders. Good way to start. Um, our study in Joshua, obviously, first chapter, start every day. Follow with me as I read uh, chapter 1, starting with verse 6. Strength, courage, you are going to lead the people to inherit uh, the land that I promised to give your ancestors. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you. Every bit of it. Don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get to where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage. Don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step. Marching orders every day show up. And then finally, at the end of chapter 24, or verse 15 in, in chapter 24, um, part of a daily routine. Um, Joshua's coming to the end of his, um, um, his call, and he says to the people, if you decide, this is verse 15, if you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose a God you'd rather serve and do it today. Choose one of the gods your ancestors worship from the country beyond the river or one of the gods of the Amorites on whose land you're now living. I, I love, uh, again, I, I, I love that Joshua, I, again, I can't read this passage without hearing Henry Ford's quote in my head. You know, you guys can worship any kind of God you want. Just like Henry said, you know, you, Henry Ford said, you can have any color car you want as long as it's black, because that's the only kind we got. And so Joshua, in that same light, he says, but as for me and my family, we'll worship God. I mean, that's really the only choice that we have wisely. So what you going to do? So let's dig in. And once again, God has given us a human, a real person as our model. And so on our march toward manhood, Joshua is our model. And last week, one of the pieces, there's, there's, there's three pieces that we're looking at that's so critical to Joshua um, as a model for us. Last week, 
we looked at how critical the book is. Um, God told Moses, write it down, write it down, write it all down. And Joshua was looking over his shoulder the whole time he was uh, writing it down. I mean, it's amazing when you begin to study just how much that Joshua truly was being mentored and coached and discipled by Moses all through the journey. Scripture's in there was Joshua, and there was Joshua, and there was Joshua reading the book, watching Moses write the book, the book, the book, the book. Got to read the book. The second second piece uh, of that uh, whole model of um, Joshua is power. Where's, where's the power going to come from? And I want you to I want you to turn over to Joshua uh, chapter three. And um, just um, there, uh, Chris has done a great job on the handout today. I think I flooded him with uh, half of the Bible to try to fit on uh, uh, the back of the handout uh, today. So Chris, you did a, that's difficult. You did a great job, but uh, we won't have time to read all the scripture, but it'll be a good reference for you. Um, but it, look at just verse 7 and 8 there of Joshua 3. God said to Joshua, this very day I will begin to make you great in the eyes of all of Israel. They'll see for themselves that I'm with you in the same way that I was with Moses. Now, you know, again, in my sports background, I can't read something like this without thinking, you know, just like I was, I think God must have shown up at Nick Saban's uh, 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 room one night and said, you know, just like I was with the bear, I'm going to be with you, you know, now, now I'm still waiting on God to show up in Tennessee, uh, you know, just like we was with, we were with General Nalen, we're going to be with you. Well, that ain't happened yet, you know. We're still waiting on that. Um, but it's like, just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. You will command the priests who are carrying the chest of the covenant. When you come to the edge of the Jordan, uh, Jordan River, stand there on the riverbank. Now, I won't take the time uh, to read this, but but in the passage there, it's really an amazing event. What did God do when he when Moses were leading was leading the people out of Egypt to really anchor in and solidify Moses's leadership? What did he do? <laughs> he parted the Red Sea. It's like, and, 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 and as, as we talked about in the wilderness series all of uh, uh, last year, all through Old Testament history, the parting of the Red Sea was the resurrection. I mean, everybody pointed, you know, just like we talk about Easter and, and we talk about the resurrection. Now, what they talked about was the Red Sea, you know? You know, you think God ain't on our side? You remember that Red Sea thing? And they just told that story over and over and over. Well, isn't it cool that uh, jo uh, Joshua is getting ready to lead the people? And guess what God does for Joshua? The people step into the Jordan River, and when they took their first step, the Jordan River parted dry land um, occurred. 
and they walked across the Jordan River. Now, I just think that is so, I mean, that's like a Saturday morning cartoon crazy. I mean, those things happen on cartoons on Saturday morning when I was a kid. Well, no, they happen in history, in redemptive history, that God gave Joshua the same kind of notoriety uh, for the people. It's like, you know, just like Moses was our leader, now Joshua can part the water. So cool. And what God was building into the people and building into Joshua is that the power, the power comes from me. And then, and then this idea of once again telling Joshua that he's got to lead. Now, I want you to turn over to chapter 5 um, and just read a couple of verses here just to give you a taste of this. Again, Joshua said this, or, or God says this in, in Joshua chapter 5, and we'll start with verse 13, I mean 12. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh had crossed over in battle formation in front of the people of Israel, obedient to Moses' instructions. All told, about 40,000 armed soldiers crossed over before God to the plains of Jericho, ready for battle. And God made Joshua great that day in the sight of all Israel. They were in awe of him, just as they had been awe of Moses all, his, all of his life. Once again, uh, Joshua continues to be compared to Moses, and, and the people are, in, are impressed with the bravery and the uh, courage of Joshua, just like they had been with Moses. So once again, God gives us this idea of a leader, an initiator, a courageous and brave leader. So what's God really seeking to do in, in this story of Joshua? First of all, what he's doing is he's giving us a standard of life. There is a standard. There is a rule book, if you will. There, there is a way to play the game. I mean, every referee that goes out on the uh, football field or a referee that goes on the uh, basketball court. I mean, they've read the book. They've passed the test. They're a certified referee. We need to read the book. There is a standard of life, and that's what God's given us. And then this idea, once again, of power is God keeps building into us the source. We have a source. Everything I have is from God. Everything I'm going to have is from God. Um, I'm not a self-made man. Uh, everything I have is a gift. I don't deserve anything. Uh, I, I read this 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 morning in a you know I'm I'm you know ADD and I'm and, and I'm reading something. And some NBA basketball player uh, says he got one foul shot last night and he only got to go to the foul line one time. And his, his comment was, that was just disrespectful. I mean, when I read that, disrespectful, like, like he's entitled 
to go to the foul line more than once. Now you can read the sports page today and figure out who that is. I think that is baloney. I think that is, I think that is arrogant. I think it's entitled. It's like, dude, everything we have is from God. I'm not entitled to anything. The source of all of life is him. Bow the knee, humble. God gives grace to the humble, not to the arrogant and entitled. And then, and then, and then finally, this, this idea of lead, um, a leader, once again, God always, always gives us a model. He never asks us to do something that somebody else hadn't already done. Do it like him. And that's part of why we need to have people in our lives um, that show us the way. Um, I want you to watch a movie, ASAP. I want to show you a clip out of this. Um, but the movie that I want you to watch, many of you have seen this, is Heart of Man. And it's kind of half movie, half documentary. Uh, Dan Allender and... Um, Oh, rats. So what's the guy's name that wrote uh, The Shack? Um, I can't think of his name right now. Um, but a number of, of men uh, that we've read and, and know and, and been mentored by are in this movie. Um, but one of the guys in the movie that tells his story in the movie was with us this past weekend uh, at Ebenezer Place. And that's part of why I'm showing it to you. Um, Trey Levern, who um, started ministry, has a, a ministry he and his wife Melody started, um, Undone, Redone. And it's just a ministry about their own journey and how they took their brokenness and turned it into a redemptive story, not only in their own lives, but for many others. Uh, he's featured in this movie, Heart of Man. So I guess you could say that you know, we had a movie star at Ebenezer Place this past weekend. Pretty cool. You to watch this and see again how God works in our heart through other people. Secrets have been killing me my whole life. was mildly disgusted with me. Every man, every woman struggles with lust. Lust is desire gone mad. There is nothing that rips the fabric of the human soul apart quite like sexual abuse. I didn't know that what happened to me was wrong, that it affected me so deeply. And what's the trajectory of shame over a lifetime? A lifetime. became my place of escape, but now I was an adulterer. I had broken the vows that I had made to her and I'd made to God. You're bad, and when you're bad, God doesn't, doesn't love you, doesn't want to have anything to do with you. My pain, my unsettledness, and my woundedness had disqualified me from any kind of relationship with God. 
because of our inability to live up to his expectations. It is not true. When I choose to run from him into the darkness, God is with me in my shame. One thing that would surprise us that God would say, I'm not ashamed of you. The one who knows us best loves us just as we are, and we can really accept that, then it frees us to truly love one another. It wasn't about us fixing our marriage. It was knowing that Christ could, could make it new. That's how Christ is. We don't want him. He still pursues us. It took her and I 11 years to heal. It was all worth it. God, I am your beloved. This is who you say I am. of man it's just a little bit of a taste of that but again that whole movie is so much about identity and who we believe ourselves to be who you believe you are is so so much more important than what you do because if your belief is good then you'll do good but if you think that doing good will bring peace and joy and um, identity to your life, it'll never happen. You, you will be a virtual hamster on a wheel, and it'll, it'll never be enough for you or anybody else. Um, what you believe is so important. Let me just give you an example of that just quickly. I mean, let's say, I mean, you know, let's just say that a man comes into my office and he's struggling with pornography. And somehow we start working together and, you know, I do my best to help him stop using pornography. So, you know, I, I kind of look at him like, um, what's the comedian's name that, that did, the, uh, did the video? Like, stop it. Just stop it. Stop, stop using pornography. And here's a, here's a rabbit's foot and rub the rabbit's foot every day. And every time you feel like doing, looking at pornography, love, uh, rub the rabbit's foot and you'll stop. That's stupid. That won't work. It might work for a little while, but it's kind of like running a marathon in a cul-de-sac. Eventually you're going to run into a house. It ain't going to work. But somehow if I can, uh, guide him through a relationship between me and him, at least, you know, a redemptive relationship that I start to believe in him and he doesn't come in feeling like he doesn't deserve anything. And I can somehow love him and, and create acceptance for him, help him with some behavioral things that certainly stop uh, doing the bad things. But the most important piece of his recovery is going to be what he begins to believe about himself. And that to get under what he believes that is driving the acting out, fix the belief and the behavior will start to get tamed. What you believe is the deeper work of recovery rather than just stopping the behavior. The doing has got to come out of belief. 
rather than thinking that your believing or your identity is going to come out of doing. It won't work. It's backwards. I hope that makes sense. So manhood. So we want to be the man. And again, what we've got to do first and foremost is we have got to decide, we have got to identify who we are and experience joy. Who are you? What do you believe about yourself? Again, the pornography addict or the alcoholic addict or the drug addict, uh, I'm worthless. Um, you know, I don't deserve anything. I'm awful. I'm awful. I'm awful. And as long as you keep believing that, you will seek comfort in all the wrong places. What you believe drives what you do. And so who are you? Every morning we've got to identify who we are. We've got to declare who we are. You know who I am? I'm a child of God. I'm a forgiven sinner. I am a king. I'm just a little lower than the angels. Um, I'm royalty because of my father. Um, the Trey uh, Levin that I mentioned, who's in the heart of man and is with us this past weekend, along with Troy Haas and love Troy, who runs Hope Quest, a 90 day treatment center and and Trey uh, uh, with uh, his ministry to uh, men struggling with sexual brokenness. Um, he shared with us um, an exercise or the fruit of an exercise that he does at a weekend retreat that I'd recommend, um, you know, after, after you've done deer camp, you can go to his retreat, but you cannot go to his, uh, retreat until you go to deer camp. It's a prerequisite. Uh, I told, I told Trey not to let any of our guys in until they've been to deer camp, but he does a great uh, weekend called Braveheart, um, that I would recommend to you. And part of the exercise that they go to is helping men, um, create their um, identity statement, their mission statement, identify their core values, and then write out their shadow mission. I want, I want to read to you um, Trey's. He shared this with us. This is Trey's identity statement. I am Lionheart, a dangerous and relentless force doing daily damage to the dominion of darkness. I am a beloved son, an intimate warrior, adventurer, creator, lover, and a leader of men. I'm good, but certainly not safe, for I am a champion of the forgotten way and live to awaken and unleash the hearts of men for my Lord and my King. I'll have what he's having. Like that gladiator Amen. Doesn't it though? Guys, I, I'm going to do a little, I mean, I've kind of done this, but I love what Trey had done more concentrated, more deliberately. I want to do that. Um, I want to write it out. And then this is his mission. And again, I've, I've done my mission statement. I've written it out, but I just love what Trey wrote. Trey's mission. My mission is to create life-changing community where hearts are awakened and unleashed into the world. Me too. Me too. Trey's just said it a lot better than I've ever said it. I love it. His core values. Listen to his core values. 
sacred surprise, embrace the struggle, exploring together, into the story, intimate warrior, purposeful play, enjoy the journey. Just core values, what he really values in life. Guys, we need to be deliberate and intentional. Um, that's why we journal. That's why we write. That's, that's why we go through this study, not to just kind of like, wow, boy, that was really good. That was, oh, boy, that was good. Baloney. Get engaged. Engage. Who are you? Every morning, let's start out with knowing who we are. And as we know who we are and who we belong to, we have the potential to experience true joy. I want more than just being happy. I mean, a cheese pizza can make me happy. I want intimacy. I want connection. So glad you tuned in this morning. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for our time this morning. Thank you for my brothers that are here with me. Thank you for my brothers and all that are listening via Zoom and uh, whatever. And Father, we are grateful that you have um, chosen us to be on your team. Uh, we don't deserve to be on your team, but doggone it, we are so glad. Thank you. Help us to understand more deeply what it means to be identified as your beloved son. Make us warriors, strong and courageous for this day. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. See you next week.